Natasha Smith is a wife, mother, and writer from North Carolina. Her work has appeared at Her View from Home, Focus on the Family, and Today Parents. You can find Natasha online at imnatashasmith.com. In her new book, Can You Just Sit With Me? Healthy Grieving for the Losses in Life. She writes, give yourself permission to grieve. Tears streamed like water piercing through a broken dam. Days, months, and years prior, I hid my sadness like a game of hide and seek. If you asked me about it, maybe I would share a cookie cutter response. Everything's fine. But 2020 brought quarantine. My routine thrown out the window, kids 24-7, and homeschool. During that time, the grief knocked harder. Mom, what's wrong? My five-year-old's voice sounded pinched. It's my sister's birthday, and I'm sad because I can't celebrate it with her. Nothing new had happened. My sister had been gone for over nine years. But 2020 made the grief unbearable to me. When I cried, my five-year-old consoled me. It's okay, mama. It's okay. She grabbed my arm. Unknown to her, she was permitting me to grieve. So I sat at my desk instead of running to the other room, and I cried right there. She asks, Have you ever bottled up your sadness? Have you ever hidden your tears, pain, or grief? Have you ever avoided questions about your loss? Have you ever thought no one cares? Me too. Maybe you are waiting for permission to grieve. Is permission needed to grieve? What role does culture, family, and upbringing play in the way you grieve? How do you permit yourself to grieve? In my conversation with Natasha today, I sincerely cannot wait to bring some hope and perhaps even answers to those questions. Grief is all around us. It's in the atmosphere in this post-pandemic world in which we live. So grab a pencil, paper, cup of something delicious, as you know we like to do here, and set some time aside to perhaps allow your heart and perhaps to give your heart the permission it needs to grieve. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Hello and welcome to today's Heart Lift. We have with us, as I have said already, Natasha Smith, who I've now been given permission to call Tasha. And she's just a beautiful human, and I'm so excited to have her with us today to talk about a subject that perhaps we have not 
really delved into. We touched upon it here and there, of course. We've talked about pain and loss, but we're going to really dive into what healthy grieving looks like. And Tasha is going to offer us a biblical grief model. Her new book and the title I just told her was what took my breath away. Can you just, and that word just, we've talked about that word just here quite a bit. Now, like, I want to know why you put just in there, but can you just sit with me? Ah, Dasha, the title. (laughs) Did you come up with that? I always ask this because I know I have a lot of uh, women, men in my community who really want to publish their books. And so I, I love to talk about the author side of this for a minute. Yes. First, thank you so much again for just allowing me to sit with you today and to talk about this subject. Um, But yeah, can you just sit with me? I came up with that title and (laughs) it was birth out of 2020. Okay. Tell us more. Yep. So birth out of 2020. And to me, you know, I've been on this journey, grief journey for over 30 plus years, like over half of my life. Oh wow! And but thirty uh, twenty twenty was the like the catalyst of like this feels like grief. Mm. Like everywhere you turn, there was dead bodies. You know yes. there was um, racial yes. injustice, mm-hmm. political year, political really divide. bad, mm-hmm. and it was everywhere. Like you could not escape it. You couldn't even escape it in the church. Yeah, so it was just so dark. And I said, you know, having been grieving for so long and really stuffing it and not dealing, have dealt with it. 2020 was like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is grief and you've been feeling this and I could not escape it because we're confined to our homes on top of that. We sure as heck were. (laughs) Don't you remember? I remember the moment I was actually sitting right here and the governor's report in Virginia came up and said, you can't leave your house until June 16th. And I thought, that's a joke, right? Right. I think it's like the end of March or beginning of April. And I thought, yeah, right. So we were confined to be refined is how I feel. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so I think it's so true. Yeah. At least in my life, it was like a journey into the wilderness. Yes. Here are all the things you have used busy to cover. Um, yep. I take it exactly all away. True. Church. All the things. All the things. Mm-hmm. Trappings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here you are. Mm-hmm. Your your words say dark, hopeless. Yeah. Full of desperation and despair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, yeah. the dam breaks. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, um, so the dam breaks and, but no one's listening. Oh, heartlifter. I know. I know that I know that I know somebody or somebody's are going, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm right there right now. Nobody's listening. Okay. Why would, why did you feel that way? I'm so curious. Yeah. Um, I think the combination of my own grief. Mm-hmm. And then what was happening in our world at the time. So in my own grief, up until this time, seriously, I didn't feel like I had a safe place to talk about my grief and that anyone really cared to listen. 
Yeah. Really listen. Really listen. Like take a seat and can you just sit with me? Listen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I wanted to mention, you know, I was had listened to one of your podcast episodes and learned a new term, spiritual bypassing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, I had never, I'd experienced it, but hadn't put a word to it. I know. I'm so and grateful. I, I don't know who coined it. I don't think I know. I don't, if I do, I don't remember, but I'm so deeply grateful yeah. that we now have a vernacular. We have the words to put around what what you felt, what I have felt for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that everything's was everything's fine. Talk good. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> praise oh, the sister, Lord. just just praise, just praise and dig deep. You know. Yeah. Let not your heart be troubled. Exactly. This too shall yeah. pass. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that that was what I was experiencing. So I didn't feel like I had a space to really express how I was really feeling. And so mm-hmm. that paired with, again, what was happening in our culture, no one was listening to anyone. I know. Like everyone was speaking, quote unquote, their truth, but they weren't listening or cared to listen to what other people had to say, how they may have been feeling, how things may have deeply affected them. I'm like, what is going on? Can you just sit? <laughs> Can you yes. just sit with me? You know, not to interject your opinion, but to really hear my heart. And to debate, because my mother died in... August of 2020. So in assisted living early in hopeless, first one to pass in her assisted living, couldn't be with her, couldn't go to the ER, couldn't, it was just, couldn't be there. Just absolutely. I'm so sorry. I know, but God was there. I know he was, I know he was with her and he orchestrated all of those events. I have to believe that in my, my grief process, my grief process. I think what I felt so frustrated with is what you're saying and bringing to the table is that I don't want to hear your political views on all of this. Yes. Just go in. Like I had so many people say, just storm the gates of the ER. I'm like, there are policemen outside. You know, I don't really... I can do that. And then my children were like, mom, you can't, we can't afford to lose you. You know? So yeah, I think it's like, can you just, you probably could have named it. Can you just listen to me? Yeah. Can you just sit with me? I think both of those are very appropriate. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So here we go. We're on your journey. Somebody just sit with me. How did you deal with that? I mean, it had to, it provoked anger in me, frustration, confusion, deconstruction of my faith, if I'm honest. How did you cope with that, if I could ask you that? Mm -hmm. I feel um, what I've learned is grief needs a place to go. You know, it, it, it has to go somewhere. Um, and, and as I kind of mentioned earlier on, I would stuff it, push it aside, but it just bubbled up. I mean, I, I could not push it down any longer. I know. um, Right. It's just right there. And it's just, it has, it needs a place to go. And at the time I still didn't have like a safe place, like a safe community to really express. And so I started writing. You wrote a book. I wrote a book. Exactly. Like, what? <laughs> what? I gotta get it out of me. Good girl. Bravo. Bravo. I'm so proud. You. Have you always wanted to write? Is writing been a therapeutic practice in your life? No. 
<laughs> no, the craziest thing. No, um, I'm an engineer by degree. I spent oh, like I envy 12, that left brain. <laughs> right? I do. I envy it. In, <laughs> um, 12 years um, I spent at my career as an engineer in the pharma industry and um, and then God called me to homeschool. Oh boy. Woohoo. Seven like, years ago. Before COVID? Yeah, before COVID. Okay, me too. That's part of my journey. Yep. Homeschooled yeah. for 14 years. Yeah. I'm like, uh, excuse oh. me, I have things to do. <laughs> <laughs> called you to homeschool before 2020. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a massive transition. That's a whole nother podcast. Yes. Massive. Yeah. yeah. It's actually it's a little uh pocket in the book. Okay, go ahead and share then. I'd love to. Yeah. And what chapter? I like I don't have a physical copy because yeah. it's not out yet. It doesn't come out till September 26th. Oh, I am an impatient woman right now. <laughs> but I do, you can pre-order it, Heartlifters, yeah. which you know, I always tell you that's a massive, that's a mass boost authors. Um, so you can pre-order that. And when you go to look at it on Amazon or wherever you find your books, you can see the chapter title. So which chapter? is that transition story part of. Yes. So that story is going to be found in chapter 10, a revealing grief. Oh, I wasn't going to go there. Mm. Mm. A revealing grief. Mm. Asha. Okay. Would you share more? Yeah. Okay. Um, So part of that journey, that transition from, being in corporate America to homeschooling, you know, I felt the call so strong. I mean, I've never thought of, had a thought about, you know, homeschooling or that being a part of my, our family. And I felt that call and um, my husband jumped on board. It's like, you know, God said it, we're going to, we're going to do this. You're called to homeschool. Woo. Left corporate America. Yeah. And, um, and so I'm I'm starting this thing and I'm it's new of course and and so I had it was challenging to me because I was like how do I do this you think <laughs> you know this transition but what surprised me most was that I was grieving wow. what I left even though I have made the decision to leave sure. my career oh my gosh mm-hmm. it was the hardest thing and okay. I still even this day Seven years, almost eight years later, I'm st- I'm still challenged with that at times. Oh yeah. So what you're saying to us though, this is like a revealing grief for the transitions, the losses, which is what I love that you're covering in this book. Grief on all sides, like the prism of grief, can be a prism of of pain, loss, transition. Okay. How did yeah. you manage that revealing grief? Having really to go before the Lord and him helping me to see what he had already seen in me before the foundations of the world, truly. It's Mm -hmm. really just um, grasping and finding that identity in him. Because Mm -hmm. what I'm finding is as I'm moving through life and um, and I may have these different, maybe I'll call them attachments, but or labels. That yeah. we have, we bring on because even homeschool mom. So I'm getting oh. more comfortable in this, you know. But then I'm I'm feeling like okay, so I have a, my oldest daughter. She's in, a junior, and she's going to be graduating next year. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm already starting to feel this next transition. Yes. And How so old's your baby? Um, the baby is seven. 
No. <laughs> Ooh, you've got the expanse. Okay. Yes. Even now starting to feel this little tug, like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. this is another, will be another season of letting go. What I've found is the more that I attach my identity to who I am in Christ, it's going to give me a, a sure footing and foundation mm-hmm. as we go through these transitions in life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so that that has been more of the stability. Yes. I call it like a prophetic footing. You know, what uh, am I standing on? What's my yes. footing for this? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what is uh, when everything else around me is uh, shifting? You know, mm-hmm. it is that solid ground that I stand on and, and that is up to you. So I'm hearing here that you've learned the power of expression rather than repression. Is that the journey you would say that you repressed, you repressed, you repressed your yeah. grief, you said for 30 years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your journey, all of this therapeutic writing, all of this observation that you are doing with the world around you, you're now wanting to be that voice. And in this community, we equate voice with value, worth, and dignity. Prophetic footing, you know, is on, I have value, worth, and dignity. I have no attachment other than to Christ himself, which is a daily work is what you're doing. But it's fair to say that you now want to be that voice to help all of us express instead of repress. Absolutely. So 30 years is a long time, a very long time. Uh, I know that heartlifters want to know where your journey of grief started. Mm-hmm. It was 30 years ago. Yeah. So it started with um, a miscarriage. Oh, yes. Mm. I've had that. That's so hard. Mm-hmm. It started with a miscarriage. Mm. And, and that journey, I was so young. I was actually in my teens. I was a teenager. But this this story is I recently started seeing a counselor. Ooh, big move. Big move. Big move. Look at your face. You're like, big move. Yeah. And so three sessions in, Ooh. she asked if she could take a break. Oh. Wow. She needed was, a break. She needed a break. Okay. Because it was a bit much for her. And we started doing a, a timeline of this grief of my grief. Oh, good. Oh, wow. Started with that. Um, and we only made it through high school. And this is post book writing, post book writing. Yes. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Post book writing, because before, like I said, 30 years, I haven't done any grief work. 2020 was like, boom, you need to do something. You got, Mm -hmm. you know, get the grief out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wrote. And then after this is after like all of my edits are turned in. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to see someone. (laughs) This is so relevant and powerful. And even for those of us who just therapeutically write. Yeah. uh, Expressive writing, they call it, you know, just get it on paper. You may never write a book, but you are writing your book when you're writing this journal and you're processing. But even in my own history of work with the three books that I have, the work came post writing for most of them. Still, you know, okay, that's good on paper. Now it's time for me. Yeah, it, it like opens the door. 
to a greater expansion of your capacity. So, okay, she needs a break. What on earth? (laughs) That's amazing. It was so free. It was, it was, I felt super affirmed. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Like, okay, good. You think it's a lot too. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm not crazy. Exactly. I know. I can get that for sure. Cool. Yes. All right. Very affirming. Mm -hmm. How long was that break? Five minutes, three weeks. (laughs) Right. Several weeks. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was your response to that? Just the affirmation or just like, okay. Um, well, it was, it was kind of the same. I mean, I was kind of feeling what, how she was feeling myself because mm-hmm. it is, it's a lot. It is. And it's, and it's pretty much because I haven't taken, I have, have had a succession of loss, like loss after loss, like Okay. And so it's kind of like when I start to think about one loss, another one occurred. Yes, yes. And so it's so hard to really unpack one of those. Yeah. It, and so, yep. you know, <laughs> sorry. And, no, you could. And so, like, you know, I know. Um, and so, as you know, I was speaking with her, or, or we had met like the previous couple of sessions, and we had started kind of un- not even really unpacking, but just kind of talking about the timeline. I mean, I was already kind of feeling like, oh, maybe I need to take, I need to kind of maybe think about like one. <laughs> right. right now. Yeah. So it was, had kind of become overwhelming for me too. So we were kind of yeah. like, okay, yeah, we can take a little break. Yeah. Which is a very significant, if anybody listening is a helping professional, mental coach, therapy, human being. <laughs> yeah. When you are called to sit with someone, which we all are just to listen. I think that is, uh, she is good. Number one, because I sit with so many people and it's very difficult to say we need to take a break because you feel like you're going to lose the momentum, right? Right. I have learned the hard way, uh, not to keep pushing. So I love that you brought that point up and that you received it. Well, okay. So a lot of grief, grief upon grief, loss upon loss. Okay. When you picked that back up, have you picked that back up? I'm just curious. No. Okay. <laughs> we started talking about this is some fresh. <laughs> you started talking about other things. Okay. Yeah. Other things that were, that could help in, you know, like what's going on currently in life. Cause mm-hmm. I, I've had a nephew who was murdered. I know. I saw that. Please tell us if you will. Like this is a fresh, newer. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks ago was his murder or no, last week or a couple of weeks ago was his birthday, actually. But it it just brought, you know, it birthdays, death dates, anniversaries, what you whatever you call them, brings back emotion. So I have felt really strong grief during that time. And so that's kind of what we focused on, you know, kind of um working through that and processing that because that one's a little bit more fresher than some of the other ones. Um, And so that's kind of what we focused on, but surrounding that is just the emotions because he was murdered. You know, there's still some unresolved anger in the way that he died. Oh, I'm very sure of that. Yes. Yeah. And you also write of losing your sister. Two sisters. Two sisters. Yes. Goodness. Yes. Um, the mm. first one and what I can, I consider like 
all of the losses are grief worthy and um, are major. But this was like when when I was freshman year in college or sophomore Mm -hmm. year in college and my older sister passed away when she was 32. Oh gosh, my twins are 32. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, And at the time, so I'm like later end of teenager, like before my twenties. And I'm like, people die at this age, you know, I'm I'm seriously like, yes, very shocking. Shocking. And, and, and I guess the other thing with this one that made it to me so heavy and pronounced is that my family knew that she was, had a, the doctor had given her a specific length of time to live, but they didn't tell me. Mm. Yeah. Oh boy. So, so that was secondary or yes. tertiary processing, mm-hmm. right. Of anger, all the processes of grief. All, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you not let us in on this yeah. massive loss? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But then my oldest, and so that was my oldest sister. Then my next to the oldest sister passed away 10 years after that. So that was like 98. And then this was 2011 hmm. when my next to the oldest sister passed away um, of cancer. Um, hmm. I still can remember the phone call. Like, like she mm-hmm. was the phone call of her telling me that the doctor had said that she um, was diagnosed, but it was like a promising outcome or she okay. had a promising outlook. Uh-huh. So the doctor had a promising outlook and I was like, okay. Cause it was a different kind than mm-hmm. my, um, my oldest sister. And so, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll walk through this, you know, and I got off the phone and I'm like, oh, it just, of course just stopped me in my tracks. Cause I'm like, what in the world, you know? Yes. What um, just happened? Yeah. But literally from that phone call, she died three months later. Oh my. Heartlifters, we're going to take a pause here. We are going to take a deep breath and take in everything that Natasha has shared with us. Her story is filled with a lot. And I know, because I know many of you and uh, talk to many of you, that you have stories that resonate with a lot. Perhaps your childhood was a lot. Perhaps your marriage was a lot or is a lot. Certain relationships, certain passages and seasons in your life have just been a lot. And I know that grief is a part of our lives, each and every one of us. And I wanted to make sure that we name the stages of grief clearly. Some say there are five stages. Some say there are seven. In the five stages of grief, we have denial. This didn't happen. This couldn't have happened or this isn't happening. Anger. Bargaining. If I'd only done this or if I'd only spent more time or if I'd only, if I'd only, if I'd only. Depression. And acceptance. In the seven stages of grief, we have shock and denial. Pain and guilt. Anger and bargaining depression. The upward turn, you know, that moment that you feel that shift. Reconstruction and working through and acceptance and hope. And I have of late heard that there is a stage that 
both five and seven stages are including. And that is just to, to try to make some meaning of it, which is part of our heart lift method here. We look into our past long enough to bring it into the present in order to make sense of it and make meaning and make peace with it so that we can then move forward into our future freedom. One of the most essential parts of moving through the process of grief, and I'm bringing it into this season particularly because this is a season where we have decided to slow down our pace. And you heard it in Natasha's story, 30 years. It took her 30 years to actually go into counseling to get some much needed help. And there was a catalyst that finally brought her to that point, And that was finishing her book on grief, where she had laid her heart onto paper and then realized, I've got to, I've got to process this now myself. And I said, in, in our conversation, I did the exact same thing. Writing is therapeutic. It's prayer to me. I cannot detach them from one another. When I'm writing, I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm writing. But then there has to come a time in our life where we slow down our pace long enough to care enough about ourselves to process our pain. We don't have to. It is a choice. We can repress our pain our whole entire lifetime. But here in this community, it's not what I suggest. I suggest that we invite it in and with a caring helping professional or a dear, intimate friend, and with God himself, we bring it to our presence so that we can make meaning of it and make peace with it so that we can move forward because God promises us forward is freedom. I've seen so many times people go right to the finish line or near it and they quit. And I'm like, oh, you were so close to tasting freedom. I don't want that for anybody, anyone listening. We want to press on, press through, and reach high for our freedom so that we can live into our full, meaningful lives. One of the essential practices that I invite my clients to begin when they are processing grief, is grounding. I talk about grounding quite a bit in season four. Go back and visit. Strength has many faces. Writing your moment of gratitude. Along with grounding, we invite a gratitude practice into our life as well when we're processing grief. Remember, we hold We hold things in both hands in this community. We hold joy in one hand and sorrow in the other. And today we're inviting the practice of holding grounding and gratitude alongside of our grief. They're beautiful companions to journey you through your grief. And then a grateful perspective. And in season five, I have a beautiful meditation called Grounded in Grace. And I invite you to bring those into your life this week. Even if you're not particularly in a season of grief, 
listen anyway and build up your muscles, right? Build up your grief muscles so that when and if you are called to a season of grief in your life, you will be well prepared. You will be well armed. Does that mean it'll be a perfect, easy experience? No, but we can do the work beforehand in our lives so that when life does get tough, we have tools in our mental and emotional and spiritual health toolbox. I want to leave us with these beautiful words by my favorite Irish poet, David White, in his book, Consolations, The Solace, Nourishment, and Underlying Meaning of Everyday Words. Ground. Ground is what lies beneath our feet. It is the place where we already stand, a state of recognition, the place or the circumstances to which we belong, whether we wish to or not. It is what holds and supports us, but also what we do not want to be true. It is what challenges us, physically or psychologically, irrespective of our hoped-for needs. It is the living, underlying foundation that tells us what we are, what season we are in, and what, no matter what we wish in the abstract, is about to happen in our body, in the world, or in the conversation between the two. To come to ground is to find a home in circumstances. To come to ground is to find a home in circumstances and in the very physical body we inhabit in the midst of those circumstances. And above all, to face the truth, no matter how difficult the truth may be. To come to ground is to begin the courageous conversation, to step into difficulty, and by taking that first step, begin the movement through all difficulties to find the support and foundation that has been beneath our feet all along, a place to step onto, a place on which to stand, and a place from which to step. So powerful. Ground is what lies beneath our feet. It is the place where we already stand. A state of recognition, the place or the circumstances to which we belong, whether we wish to or not. It's what holds and supports us. So when we're in a season of difficulty, when we are finally waking up to process deeply recessed and repressed grief or pain or angst, We need to make sure we have a grounding and a gratitude practice in both of our hands and our feet firmly planted on the ground. If you need to be grounded, sometimes I just walk out back because right now it's summer where I live and and the sidewalk is very hot and it just, sometimes it's too hot and then I have to run, but it wakes me up and I feel the earth beneath my feet. Sometimes I go in the front yard and it's luscious grass and I just feel the the coolness of the earth that is under the grass, grounding and then gratitude. 
That Heartlifter is how we can move through any season in our life with more grace. Stay tuned, Heartlifters, for our bonus episode releasing this Friday, where Natasha and I continue our conversation. And Natasha shares some helpful nuts and bolts, practical tips and things that have helped her in her journey of processing her grief and also have helped her learn the power of just sitting with another person in their process. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you would, it is never too late to leave a review. Just go to JanelleRairdon.com slash podcast. Scroll down to the bottom of the page and you will see it laid out for you so easily. I'd appreciate that with all of my heart. And I hope and pray that you will meet me here on Friday and over on Instagram at Janelle Reardon. Look for the post of the release of the podcast episode that day and join me and our community in an ongoing conversation. Be sure to take a step outside today and feel the earth underneath your feet. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.